This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You've reached another Joy 94.9 podcast. The hottest event on the LGBTIQ calendar is the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras. And Thanks to our Joy sponsors, Virgin Australia, who'll fly you there, Airbnb, who'll put you up for your stay, and Go Get, who'll drive you around in style. Then have the time of your life celebrating the Money Grab Parade with a view Money Can't Buy at the Joy 94.9 VIP broadcast. An unforgettable experience you don't want to miss. For a chance to win, donate $5 to Joy via joy.org.au. Enter as many times as you like. There's no limits. The more times you donate $5, the more chances you have to win. But do it before. Feb 17. T's and C's apply. See joy.org.au. The joy of summer. The joy of Mardi Gras. Joy 94.9. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Good evening and welcome everyone. I am Michelle Barber and you are listening to Stand Up Straight where we aim to provide a vehicle for the allied supporters to stand up for our GLBTI community to encourage and create greater inclusion, share stories, give advice, create dialogue or introduce a new way of thinking but most importantly to facilitate change toward greater acceptance of our rainbow family in all its shapes and sizes. So uh, just before we came on air we had the lovely Beck reading the news before that was the informer team that are on every Monday to Thursday from 6.30 to 7 and prior to that we had Daniel Mason who provide a bit of talk back a bit of chatter a bit of music a bit of gossip and I'm going to introduce our guest in a moment we've got Clayton in the studio Good evening. Good evening. And the lovely Stephanie in the studio. Hi Michelle. Hi. We are Maybe a touch nervous because our guest tonight is Mr. Chris Tate, who is the New Joy Program Manager, but I suppose also our boss. So welcome, Thank Chris. you. Thanks Thank- for having me on the show. Are you as nervous as we may or may not appear to be? I don't know why you'd be <laughs> nervous. Um, I'm quite nervous, yeah. I haven't... <laughs> I'm not Why? often because I've done um, a fair bit of interviewing, mm. um, but I haven't I haven't been interviewed. Is it that because much. all eyes are on you? 
Um, well, there aren't that many eyes on me at the moment. <laughs> but Chris, don't you actually think it's easier being interviewed because you don't have to formulate the questions. You just have to, you know, answer mm. them. I don't know. Maybe it's a control thing. I don't feel like I'm, <laughs> right. I'm, I don't feel like I'm in control when I'm being interviewed. Well, well, that's interesting that you say that because you did give us a little bit of a brief about tonight. So uh, that control thing is obviously part of the way that you operate, perhaps. Yeah. No, I just call that professionalism. Yeah, well, oh, well good. done. Speaking of professionalism, great segue there, uh, Stephanie, young lady. Program manager at Joy. So you've been with us for around about a month yeah, now. Yeah, just over a month. Love two things. One, uh, what was your first impression when you first walked in the Joy doors? And then secondly, what your role here is at Joy as well? Okay, so my first impression, well, I'll preface this with um, when I arrived, I came from, so I was living and working WA, we can talk about that later, but I took a couple of weeks between finishing there and starting here and went Mm. to San Francisco for Christmas, New Year. So then came... From San Fran, right, like flew in on the Friday, drove up here on the Saturday, started work on the Monday. So oh I was a deer in the headlights. I was <laughs> very jet lagged and um, yeah, so maybe my, yeah, I, I definitely think my first impressions were a bit skewed with the jet lag, but it was, it was pretty, pretty impressive really. Chris, have you um, lived in Melbourne before? No, I've never lived in. So Melbourne it was a double before. whammy: new mm. job, new city, new job, and new city, whole new life, whole new have life. Have you got friends here? I actually have a couple of radio friends. Okay. Yeah, um, and you know now I'm part of the Joy family, <laughs> so I have yeah. 350 new friends. You do, and all those thousands of listeners as well. I mean, they're friends, you know. Yes, of course. Um, what did you know about Joy before? I don't mean necessarily. Um, like, did you know Joy existed? Obviously, you did because you applied for a position here. Mm. But, I mean, did you know about Joy before all of that? Prior to that, yeah, I knew about Joy because it's the only, you know, being an openly gay man in the media landscape, there there isn't many avenues um, for you to be that open about your sexuality and really? who you are. Yeah, I think so, particularly when you're working in radio, um, professionally, regional radio, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of oh, you can be gay, just don't talk about your boyfriend on air or don't talk about Grinder on air or don't talk about anything too gay on air, but be who you want to be. Feel so free. <laughs> was that a little bit of a red rag to a bull? Or did you kind of want to break the mould and, and uh, be the one that did stand up? Yeah, I did. I did a bit of that and it didn't really work too well. <laughs> <laughs> talk about that. What happened? Oh, well, I um I worked in Western New South Wales, I won't say where, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I talked about um, being gay. I talked about Grinder actually, on air, and the station manager came and said, never, ever talk about that again. Don't mention that you're gay yeah. again. Be who you want, and, you know, everyone in town knows, and that's fine, but don't talk about it on air. Do you find, was that a surprising attitude, or you kind of half expected it? And- um, I kind of half expected it, but I, I also thought, you know what, it's 2014, whenever it was mm. when I was working there, and let's just let's just roll with the punches. <laughs> like let's let's just be yeah. who we are. So, Chris, if everybody in town knew that you were gay, how did how were you received amongst the community? Fine. So and why then is it a problem mm. to be yourself on air if everybody knows you know who you are anyway? I mean, yeah. W- was it undermining the um, station's 
image or what what yeah well what it was didn't it wasn't just the town it was a, a very big radio station that went across greater western new south wales right, um okay. lots of farming towns lots of small communities and to be honest i think there's a bit of um people telling the audience what they want and um underestimating the audience i think everyone knew who i was and were pretty happy with it but um apparently not we uh have chris tate the uh, joy program manager in the studio with us tonight we're going to come back and what Ask the difficult questions, aren't we, guys? You're on Joy. Be an ally. Talk it out. Educate yourself. Stand up straight on Joy 94.9. Clayton and Stephanie in the studio with me tonight. Hi, Robbie here from Rainbow by Finance It's okay, Clayton's new to the panel. <laughs> Robbie, so, get back in your box. <laughs> what we try and do here at Joy is um, always... is. Uh, Firstly, have a really interesting guest, number one. But secondly, it's about showcasing the, the programs that are on Joy and all the new people that come into the, the station. There's a, a phenomenal array of programs that are available. But the man that we have in the studio tonight is Chris Tate, who is our program manager. We're putting him under the microscope, aren't we? We are. And we did ask the question yeah, we didn't even before the break. We didn't even get there <laughs> about what a program manager does at Joy. So what a program director oh, does. Um, director. <laughs> you won't judge us for this or mark us at severely? Well, we haven't had an air check yet, but anyway. Okay. Um, so basically, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of – it's a real kind of 50-50 role of admin and emails and planning and then working hands-on with um, the announcers and the shows and just um, – Working with everyone to get the get the sound of joy, mm. con- not consistent because how do you get consistency in amongst you know seventy five very different shows? But just um, working with people to get the best sounding radio we can possibly get. Yeah, that's that's. My and are you given a picture of what that is, or do you have a different picture and you have to convince the rest of the people at Joy, or is it a combination discussion? Yeah, I mean, my role isn't to tell people that this is how you should sound. Like that's um, really offensive to begin with, mm. and it is community radio, and a part of community radio is is that there are a multitude of different voices. But um, there's definitely, you know, some nice little rules and cheats that, that um, help make radio sound smoother and make radio sound that like it's being broadcast or um, produced to a standard. And I, I'd like, yeah, that that's kind of my role mm. to do that. So specifically, Chris, describe an average day or perhaps describe today. And, and what your what your your day involves? Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> deep breath. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, I come in, I check about a thousand emails, um, I have conversations with lots of people who are coming and going because everyone's doing different shows and news, and um, so I get to talk to lots of people, which is great. I, I do like a good chat, um, and then I do an air check. What like is that. an air check? So an air check is where we sit. I sit down with the show in question and we listen to the show back together and then we talk about things that worked in the show, things that could be improved upon, things like that. And it's always very interesting because generally when I start playing someone back to someone, they say exactly what I'm going to say anyway. They're like, oh, I didn't do this. And I'm like, no, see? I think I might have just failed, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, if we'd had an air check, I don't think you would ask me back to be honest. So it's a good thing we haven't had one yet. 
<laughs> so there, it must be varied. Your days are never going to be the same every day. You got, do you go to meetings and all of that kind of thing? Lots of well? meetings, yeah. yeah, lots of meetings. And we've got lots of – Joy is a very, very busy little place mm. and um, we've got lots of – you know, recently we had Pride March. Before that we had Carnival outside broadcast. We're planning for a massive broadcast um, at Mardi Gras coming up in a few weeks' time, less weeks than I wished. Um, <laughs> and then there's Melbourne Queer Film Festival. There, there's a lot coming up. At joy and yeah, so I I'm never bored and never um, there's not a dull or quiet moment. <laughs> and how many shows are there on joy at the moment? I believe there's seventy five. Seventy five. That's the specialty reason. shows. That's the breakfast shows. That's yeah. midday. That's yeah. yeah. Wow. So there's a lot to remember and a lot of people to meet. Lots of people to meet. Lots to remember. Lots to get my head around. And I'm loving. I'm loving it. And what about planning? When you when you think about you know we talk about grids here in the radio world. How much work goes into the next grid? Well, the next grid's coming up, actually. Um, it'll be in the 3rd of April. And, you know, lots of lots of effort and thoughts going into it. Um, and, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't so know. So about balance about. as well, isn't it? Types of voices, topics, types of shows. Yeah, it's y- about, about keeping balance, balance and, yeah. and diversity. And representing, I would assume, every part of our community. Yeah, doing yeah. our very, very best to represent the, the wider LGBTIQ community. And that doesn't necessarily mean... And that's just having voices on air. It doesn't necessarily mean we have to have specific shows that are, you know, any... that represent any particular... Um, member of the LGBTIQ uh, family, it's just having a diverse range of voices on air. There doesn't mm. have to be specific shows. It's just inviting people on air. If you're part of that community, this community and this family, then hop on air, have a voice. Mm. That, that's my I like that. goal. Chris, you've got a really extensive background in community radio. Mm. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Um, well, I started off in community radio when I was 15, I had to lie about my age to get on, actually. I said I was 16. Can um, I ask you, what made you, at that age, had you been fascinated by radio? Why? Why? Um, the, the reason I started doing it, it was an accident. Um, <laughs> my brother used to do a show from 10 p.m. to 12 p.m., and it was like a request show and he couldn't do it anymore and they couldn't find anyone to fill the spot and he said, do you want to do it? you got to say you're 16 here, fill out this form. <laughs> and I was like, yes, and me and my best friend at the time did it and I loved it. It was the because I was like, I don't, you know, I, this isn't the question, but I was a very kind of, very quiet, very closeted, very kind of, I was a kid who was very pushed down mm. by my classmates, by my general peers. So for the first time when I started doing community radio, I found a voice. I had a voice. And, empowering, um, was it It was for so you? empowering. And yeah. I, I haven't looked back since. I've been doing radio for 20 years, both community, government, commercial radio, and I love it, yeah. What do you love the most about it? Is it big, well, choosing your guests, choosing your topics, that freedom of oh, – is it a bit of a power thing about having the studio to yourself? <laughs> You're smiling? No, it's that – it's having a voice – um, giving people a voice, um, and that's why I love community radio so much, mm. um, because it does give people a voice. It gives people an opportunity to express themselves, to be heard, um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of power sitting behind a microphone, and not power in as far as I have power. Um, <laughs> although some people think like that, it's more an empowering thing. Like I feel empowered because 
yeah, I have a voice. People are listening to me. And sometimes people are scared to do that in public. But when you're behind a microphone, you get a bit braver. Did you ever feel a little bit like a celebrity? Because I know you were bullied a lot. So did the bullying sort of wane as people realised, hey, this guy's a bit cool or he's on the radio or, yeah? Yeah, I was never I was never cool until I started doing a radio show. <laughs> and then all of a sudden people were like, oh, wow. Because I was so cool. Because at school I, I didn't say anything. I didn't look people in the eye. I walked wow. with my head down. I was a really shy, kind of downtrodden, depressing kind of guy. Um and when I started doing a radio show, people started, um, they started listening, they started talking to me, they'd ring up for requests. And yeah, I, I found, and it wasn't about being popular, it was about being sort of, sort of recognised, you know, and just being mm. seen for the first yeah, time. Yeah, so you had a new identity. Yeah, I had Chris a the ra- identity. You were Chris the radio guy. Yeah. Chris the request guy. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty hot little... Um, spot that request show that the, the phone was always going. Why was it a hot? What? Because all music? my everyone in in the whole school listened, and they were they wanted to send um, songs out to their girlfriends or their boyfriends <laughs> or their mum or you know there was all this oh you know send a song out Barbie girl that's um Ken's favourite song send it out to him ha 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 so there was a lot of you know back and forth. So did you have a bit of a persona? Did you kind of have some? A bit of a character that you put on. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. I was very brave in in the radio studio, and then when I'd get back to school, I wasn't as brave. But did they yeah. all know? So when you went back to school, did they know who you were? Yeah, yeah, oh, everyone knew did, who yeah. I was, but I still wasn't as brave as I was as when I was in the studio. We have Chris Tate in the studio with us. Uh, we're going to come back and get to know a little bit more about the man. Uh, you're on Stand Up Straight on Joy. Bring joy to the world. Listen to us everywhere. Download the Joy smartphone app now at joy.org.au.
You're listening to Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. She's my mum. Thank you for joining us on Joy. Tonight on Stand Up Straight we have Chris Tate as our guest and we have been doing a little bit of hand waving and singing along. I'm sure if we had cigarette lighters we'd be, you know, waving them around in the air too. Chris, why the bangles and why that song? Why the ba- That was my very first and there is a – how old is this young man? We have um, Stephanie's we've, son in the studio we've tonight. We've got Patrick in, and Patrick's just turned 16. Okay, so you, Patrick's not going to know what this thing, this word that I'm going to say is, but that was my first cast single. <laughs> We're all laughing. Uh, mine was Kylie Minogue, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I went up, I bought it, it was $4, or three ninety nine actually, so I had $4 and I got, and I think 88 was the year the $2 coin came out too, wasn't it? Ooh, I don't know, I didn't do my research. I think didn't it was. I think it was, because I remember going up with two $2 coins and it was a special treat. One, that I had these $2 <laughs> coins and two, that it was, t- yeah, and I went and got my first kiss single and I got a cent change. One <gasps> cent change Which are no back. longer around either, one and two cents. See, look, listen to what you yeah. learn on this station. It is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, here um, on Stand Up Straight being uh, presented by a couple of allies, um, I like to ask the allies question, but before we do that, I want to know if you want to share your coming out story and whether it was something that you thought about for ages or um, you just decided one day, yeah, that's how I'm going to do it and whatever. So I'd really, really like to hear um, that story. Yeah, so coming out was a, a, a it was a long process for me, but it, it's sort of the, the actual coming out because I'd sort of mentioned it to some, some friends and did the whole, I think I might be bisexual thing. <laughs> um, and I... I that I actually came out to my mum by accident. I had lost my... Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. I lost my licence. 
That's all she knows now. <laughs> Can I just tell you, I took Patrick for his first driving lesson oh my today. Gosh. Oh, wow. I'm surprised you're not shaking. Don't, don't pick up any bad habits. You don't want to lose your license. So I lost my license and I went to my mum and I said, Mum, there's something I need to tell you. It's like pretty big. And mm. she goes, I think I know. And I'm like, oh, my God, maybe she's been reading my mail or something. And I'm like, what? And she goes, you're gay. And I'm like, no, I've lost my license. Oh, you've got to love a mother. I'm, I'm, I'm not gay. What are you talking about? She's like, okay, so you lost your license. Now let's talk about the gay stuff. Yeah. And how did that go? Because you obviously didn't plan for that kind of conversation then. Was she receptive? Was she? She was receptive at that point, but I was in my mid to late, yeah, sort of late to mid 20s by that oh, stage. Um, and I, yeah, it had been because when I was younger, she did not accept it. Um, in fact, she said it was not an acceptable way to live. And she'd be devastated that I'm saying this on air. I love you, mum. But that, that was the reality of it. And it actually kept me in the closet and in my shelf for. And Chris, time. you grew up in the Southern Highlands in yeah. New South Wales? Okay. Yeah, so pretty regional. And were you the only gay person you knew in that area? Um, there were a couple of gays around, um, but I remember it wasn't. It's certain there were some very openly proud gay men around, and it wasn't. Um, it wasn't okay. And mm. yeah, I remember. is that what kept you in the closet? Like basically, there was you saw that. how they were reacted to, and and what they, yeah. the bullying and harassment that they yeah. received, and um, bashing even. It was yeah. back in the day of bashing, and that sort of it was disgusting. So in your late twenties, your mother finally came to terms with the fact. That you were, okay, you were gay and that yeah. was okay. And, I, I and better than you losing your licence? or <laughs> I think it was just that by the time we had this conversation, which was very emotional and we both broke down over it um, because she'd seen how happy, unhappy I was for years. I was very, very unhappy and quite depressed. And You would and your face <laughs> lights up as you talk that way. Yeah. So your family and uh, you've spoken about your mum, but siblings or friends, did you kind of come out to everybody all at once or did it just... Yeah. It just happened. Once I came out, it it was just like, it was like, it was done. Did you lose anyone, friends-wise or anything? Oh, no, not really. Did you think you would have? So all those things you thought might have happened. None of the the fear that I thought would happen, happened. Don't we hear that story so often, Michelle, when we talk about coming out stories? You know, there's so much fear, and understandably so. But then in hindsight, people always say, nothing bad happened it and was he, all actually great it was, so, yeah. and even my son and he's been on the show and all this kind of stuff even knowing what his parents were like he still feared rejection from mm. people even though the logical part of his brain really knew that it wouldn't happen but he still feared feared but you're right Stephanie we do we hear that a lot so thank you for for sharing that at the at that time once you came out did you have allies or people that you um turned to or were there in particular or somebody that was maybe inspired you to be more comfortable in your skin or anything like that? No, I, yeah, yeah. I had a, a very good friend who I'd actually come out to before I'd come out to my mum, but so it was like this secret coming out and there was <laughs> mm. still no public coming out. And, um, yeah, I think she she kind of facilitated the conversation in as far as I could have, when mum had said, um, you're gay, I could have gone, no, no, and denied it and mm. thrown a wall back up. But because I had some very good allies, they were, uh, who were all straight, by the way, <laughs> um, were all, it, it made it okay for me to say, actually, you know what? Yeah, let's let's go there. Let's have mm. this conversation. So, Chris, 
with your journey through um, addiction and recovery and coming out, is that what led you into um, community service? Um, no, no, I'd kind of worked in community services sort of before that. But yeah, I actually, no, I think it did. I think because once I came out and I, I, I don't know, something wanted, I, at that point I wanted to give back. Mm. So um, I wasn't working in media even though I was studying in it and I'd loved community radio for years. I hadn't really worked in it for a good number of years and a part of that was because I was kind of, I wasn't able to be myself on air or in public so it was very difficult to be on the radio and not know who I was um, so I always did community radio but yeah I went into community services and I uh, worked in mental health and um, worked with um, challenging behaviors and that sort of stuff for, for years and um, that yeah for some reason when I came out and went through that um, period of recovery it was very important for me to give back and yeah, be part of that whole environment. It was very healing for me as well. And we hear that, also we hear that quite frequently. Uh, you're listening to Chris Tate, who is uh, Joy's uh, program director. Mm. <laughs> We're going to come back and chat to him a little further. You're on Stand Up Straight on Joy. Hi, it's Kieran Fields. You're listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. I bought the T-shirt. I broke the record. You are on Joy with Michelle and Clayton and our very special guest, Chris Tate, Program Director here at Joy. We are almost coming towards the top of the hour, but there's so much more to discuss. Mm. I'd really like to know about your last job, Chris, because you were working in a remote Indigenous community um, in Western Australia with the Nanandara people. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what that involved? So it was the Nanandara lands and I worked with the Anongo people. Um, so I did that for about 18 months and it was, um, I took the job on a whim. I'd um, had a breakup and I was, I'd just come out of a bad um, working experience in, in that radio station where I was told you're not allowed to be gay. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so this job popped up. I got it, I took it, and I was like, I need something completely different. I had very little um, contact with um, Aboriginal people, our First Nations people before that, and it was it was actually life-changing. Like, mm-hmm. people say that as a cliche, yeah, but it was actually that. life-changing. Yeah, yeah like, um, it opened up my eyes, it opened up my heart. Um, I, I now have a much more deeper understanding of Aboriginal culture and their connection to this land, oh, their yes. true connection to this land. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's oh, not... Yeah. It's not no, BS. It's no, 100% real. Fact. Yeah. And with a radio station in a remote Indigenous community... What sort of um, commitment does that entail? Does the station run twenty four seven, or is it on air just a couple of hours a day? Or what, what, what was, yeah, no, was, no. was your responsibility it, there? It ran twenty four seven. So basically, there were um, fourteen separate radio stations across the Nanandara lands. Um, Gosh, you don't mm. imagine how vast that land is. Yeah. Do you? It was um, literally the size of Germany. So Gosh. my job um, was I was on the road maybe fifty to sixty percent of the time. I, I was based in a remote Indigenous community called Irinju. But um, actually, my my job was out on the road going through all the Indigenous communities that our radio station serviced and um, working with people, training them up. And 
Yeah, and it was so basically each community could um, do live shows from there, and they'd go all across the lands. And then there, when there wasn't someone doing a show, then there was networked programming, um, wow. which came from Irinju, which is what I ran. So you had like a mobile studio. Yeah, um, yeah there were there was a radio studio in every um, community that I worked in. Wow. So was it about making them self sufficient? They could run without you, basically. That was all. That's yeah. always the plan. It's always the plan. It's a bit about a legacy for you do you think um no not necessarily it wasn't about a legacy but it was definitely i felt a lot of pride in empowering people and um giving people the same opportunities i was given as a young man at 15 i was given a voice i was empowered i was um all those things came back in this job on the nanandara lands with um with this role and um yeah it was a very special time for me and I'm, I'm very proud of my work there and how were you accepted by the community um pretty well actually and um it's because i went in and not it's because i went in with no expectation and i didn't come in and say this is how radios run and blah blah mm. blah i was like let's work together to make radio and you teach me how you want to tell stories on the radio and we'll we'll craft a way to do that together and because i went in like that and i I learned as much from them because with the Anonga way, it's you learn, I learn. They're, I've forgotten, I've forgotten all my language, but it's like you teach, I teach. So we learn from each other. It's not white man come in or black man, black fella come in and teach you this. It's we'll learn together. They're, they're um, one of the most extraordinarily giving people that I have ever known. Yeah, and you 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 feel that as well. You say it changed you. Mm. Yeah, um, Joy. This year is twenty four years old. Tears. So, so the reason I say that is that there's a lot of history with Joy, 24 years. There's history with these radio stations. So I'm just wondering whether you could, whether what you've done with the Indigenous people and, their, and the radio stations and your radio experience in general. So how do you sort of combine, if you do, that history of Joy, what you've learnt? Does it kind of shape or challenge the landscape of Joy at all? I don't think so. I think it, they complement each other. My history is um, even it's, whether it's in community services, whether it's working in radio, it's about giving people um, a voice. Mm. And that's what Joy's been doing for 24 years. Um, so there's no, there's no way I want to come in and change that. Like Joy has very deep roots in the yeah. community and you know, I'm, there's no, there's no way that I'd want to change that. But we are living in a in a different, you know, different day and age. And, yeah. and media yeah. is multimedia. Media is Facebook. Media is podcasting. Media is um, listening to radio at their people's leisure. It's mm. listening on your phone. It's, so we we joy as every other media organisation in the world has to evolve with that while servicing the LGBTIQ community and I would like to help facilitate that. How do you think Joy compares to the other community radio stations you've worked with? Well it's a lot bigger um, that's for sure it's pretty well equipped um, there's a lot more people <laughs> yeah. um, a lot more faces a lot more shows a lot more interest like you know in some of the community stations that I've worked at you're, you're kind of begging um, for people to to, to be involved whereas here there's no shortage of people wanting to be involved and I think that's, that's a, a, an amazing thing So moving forward with Joy is there a particular vision that you have in your head 
Well, it's not a vision as such, but what what we have is a situation where we're one of the very few LGBTIQ radio stations actually in the world, yeah. not just Australia, but in the yeah, world. Yeah. So we're in a very unique position to to be a voice for people all over the world, not yeah. and in remote communities, in different countries, in in countries where access to this sort of media is not allowed. But through the joy and the magic of podcasting, there actually there are avenues for people to to be able to have access to the information that we put out here at Joy. And some of that information is incredibly unique. It's not done anywhere else. So basically it's not that I have a vision for Joy or I want to change Joy or anything like that, but I want to help make Joy a strong as possible so we can continue being a voice for the whole LGBTIQ community across the world. So taking joy to the to world. The world. Mm. That's, that's a huge vision, but I, I would imagine that it, you're not alone. I, I love the idea that somebody can be on the other side of the world and be listening live or they pick up a podcast at three in the morning because mm. they can't sleep and they're on the other side of the world. I find that extraordinary and that's, that's to me, it, as you said, it's about all the, the, all the media options that we've got. So is do you think that's the answer or that's the direction that radio has taken even in general? Oh, absolutely. People want content on demand. Um, like terrestrial radio is kind of, um, it's nowhere near, you know, video killed the radio star. <laughs> I think other things now are killing the radio star. There, there's, a, there's a lot of competition. So you can either, you know, fight the system or you can kind of kind of go along with it. Mm. Still having your unique voice and you know remaining true to your history and your roots but just knowing that you know you kind of need to evolve or you die have you contacted at all or thought of contacting the other GLBTI radio stations around the world and seeing how they do or working together or 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 projects that you can work in line with yeah well I mean my my aim my position at joy is that it's kind of a long-term goal. Every, everything that I have is longer term. Like there's nothing that's going to happen in the next grid or the next couple mm-hmm. of months. There's lots of things that need to evolve and definitely um, collaborating with um, national and international LGBTIQ um, organisations and media outlets is, is definitely, I mean, you'd be silly not to. So, Chris, we have just heard a little bit about your very ambitious professional goals Uh, When we come back after this break, we are going to ask you questions about an ambitious personal goal. You are new to Melbourne, new Mm. to the city, (laughs) just found a fabulous place to live. So have a think and we will be back in just a moment. You are with Clayton, Stephanie and I, uh, and we have Chris Tate, Joy's program director in the studio. Um, We are nearly at the top of the hour. Joy, as you know, has a very, very, very vast array of shows. Up next is Family Matters. After that is The Bears with the Woods and uh, you've got all the podcasts that you want that you can go and listen to on Joy's website. There's um, on on the Facebook of all the shows has links to all their podcasts. So I urge you, in line with what we've been talking about tonight, podcasts from Stand Up Straight from three and a half years ago. Do yourself a favour. Go sit in an air-conditioned room and listen to them. Um, We... uh, have got um, some guests coming up next week. We're talking about the elders of the GLBTI community. So we've got Chris Ferno and Anne Hamilton joining us to have a bit of a chat uh, about what it is to be 
a little bit older in the GLBTI community and the challenges and the successes. Um, so join, in, join us next week. But we've, uh, Stephanie's got a question. Oh, Chris. yes, we are almost at the top of the hour. So we will close with a million-dollar question for Chris. We've <laughs> talked about his fabulous um, professional goals, his ambitious professional goals. What about some personal goals, Chris? Or one, just one. <laughs> just one. Do you want a, like a superficial one or a real one? One of each. One of each. One of each, yeah. <laughs> and we'll have to guess which one's which. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah all right. You can, you can guess which one's which. The, the goals that I have, you know, mid-30s now, so I need, I need to put a deposit on a, at least a unit mm. at some point. And I think it's time to look at, think about settling down, oh, maybe finding a little bit say. of a, a guy. <laughs> And see what a Mr. Happens. Right. Yeah, Mr. Right. Oh, well, you're in the right place here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you can't find someone here at Joy, then... <laughs> Stephanie and I will be your escorts or something like that. We'll try and help My you chaperones. out. Yeah, your chaperones. So thank you, Clayton, across the desk. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much, Chris, yeah, for joining thank you, Chris. us. Thank you so much and, for having me. Uh, stay on Joy all night. Stay on Joy 24-7. You have been listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy. Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.